Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. What's good, Internet? It's March 25th, 2022, and you're listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 470. I'm your host, Rob Zachney, and I'm joined by Renata Price. Howdy, gamers. Ricardo Contreras. You. And we are all gathered in Lobby One. Uh... (laughs) For, <laughs> That's not what this is called anymore. In beautiful New York City. It used to be Lobby One. It'll always be Lobby One in my heart. What is it called now? <laughs> I think it's just called the Podcast Studio. Oh. I don't think it has a name. We could have really used something called the, the podcast, podcast Studio <laughs> three years ago. We had G4. G4 was better. IMO. I what? like G4. G4 was the size of a phone booth. I like I like phone booths are cool. They're neat. Not for four or five people. <laughs> no, I mean you're right. I hated G4. I, it, I was, wow. it, it was it, it was broiling. You heard it here first. Rob Zachney mad at the reboot of G4. <laughs> <laughs> I I just wish they'd bring back the old people. Wow. I enjoyed I enjoyed Rob Zachney's just mad that women are on G4 TV now. Wow. I enjoyed G. I enjoyed G four because it was normally just me and Austin in there, and that's yeah. the perfect amount of people yeah, my, to my, have in that room. My, in in my head, G four was uh, holidays, like all of us crammed in there, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and just being a nightmare. Sure. Uh, so, kind uh, of. By the way, I, I swear to God, I hear myself clipping when I'm when I'm talking. Uh, really? It, yeah. I mean, when you're talking, but the track looks clean. The track looks perfect. Okay. Then yeah. again, it must just be that horrible harmonic resonance that yeah, we were discussing I, before the show. I'm also worried about it, but I've just decided that I will. I will trust. I will trust the rest of y'all's ears um, to yeah. m- monitor if I am crisp and clear and have appropriately dulcet tones. Because, like, to me, Rob is a crisp fucking Rob. It's not a hot Rob. It's an excellently. It's an excellently volume Rob. Excellent, like a like a dry riesling, perfect. Stupid, fucking terrible. So brute. That the, was in the crossword the other day. The I whis- got it in one. I felt really happy about that. The whiskey neat of voices, Rob Zachney. I don't know if that's good. I mean, I drink whiskey straight and neat. Yeah, that's a my good. Name. I mean, a good whiskey. That's the way to go. Oh, I, I'll drink garbage whiskey straight in eight. That's that's bad. Oh, I will man. walk up. If only Patrick were here. I will walk <laughs> up to any bar and look at the bartender and go, mm, one whiskey straight in eight, please. <laughs> and, and they start to they like start that? to reach behind them and you just like point down in the well <laughs> and just like shrug. Just like, no. Just down. like whatever's down there. I mean, sometimes they're like, do you want the well whiskey? I'm like, I don't care. Like, truly. I mean, like, the thing is not that I don't care. It's not a like, ooh, I just love, I just love getting turned. Uh, I don't care. It's a like, yeah, I mean, like I do, I do. I just like the taste of a nice whiskey. Like, a, a, even a bad whiskey. Like, I do, I like the, like the sweet taste and burn. It, yeah. it is nice and pleasant to me. And so generally, if I'm going to a bar, I will order whiskey neat or like, 
whatever the bar, like whatever beer the bartender recommends. I'm not really a cocktail body, mm-hmm. just because I think that they're like, they're just generally like too too syrupy for me. Like most cocktails I've had are like a little bit too syrupy or just like uh, mid. You see, this is, I'm hearing well, that and I'm just like, okay, well, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Syrupy. That, that feels like a very specific type of like, We've put, we've put too much fuck, simple syrup Somebody's in fucking here. things up. <laughs> Some, somebody's fucked just, up your cocktail. I'm just not a cocktail girl. Like I don't know. No, and that's and that's fine. I respect it. But I also like, I like I'm sitting here and I'm I'm nervous that like maybe you just haven't had. I've had, had I've had good I've had good cocktails. I've had a couple of good cocktails before and they've all been good. It's yeah. just that I I prefer the burny sippy sensation of a whiskey. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, no, I, I got How do you feel about mescal? Mm, haven't true, fucked true. with it. It's smoky as well. It's a very different mm. kind of smoky, but it is delicious. And people, people treat uh, mezcal and uh, more more so uh, tequila as like things that you should shoot to get fucked up on. And that's bullshit. That is I Ma- know. It's funny. Mezcal has successfully. Whoever is in charge of such things, whoever like oversees things like this, mezcal used to be yeah. the cheap alternative to right. tequila. Yes. In the last few years, it has become another oh, true connoisseur. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> buys a, only the finest mezcals. Yeah. And like, so the top of the mezcal market is like stratospheric. It's, it's like It's like Japanese and Scotch whiskey territory. Yes. Yeah, I was about to crossed into. There was a, a mezcal place, a, mes, a, a mezcaleria opened up in my neighborhood uh, a couple years ago. It didn't survive the pandemic. Fuck! Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. No, if we, I would have maybe like said, like, y'all, y'all should come to this mezcaleria. It's pretty pretty dope. But cheapest, cheapest like shot size, which is what they serve it as anyways. You're yeah. not supposed to shoot it, but... That's yeah. the amount of alcohol we're talking about. Sippy shot. Sippy. Yeah. Was like eighteen dollars. Eighteen. That was the lowest end. Eighteen. It went up from there. Yeah. You know, high end was sixty, for like a similar amount of alcohol. Yeah. That shit was wild. So uh, I never had that. Live that well whiskey life. <laughs> you know, yeah. you and, Jesus you, you and Patrick down in the hall. Uh, living, living within no, your means. I like, I like Jesus Christ. I like good whiskey. To like, let me be clear. I yeah. will have, I will have a good whiskey. I've had good whiskey before. It's just that if I'm going to a bar, so like if I'm going, if theoretically, mm-hmm. I went on a date recently mm-hmm. that caused me to buy Cotto lunch <laughs> because I lost a bet over whether or not it was a date. If I was going to go to a bar for that, mm-hmm. and it was just like. I need to get a social drink for this date, apparently. Mm-hmm. I will acquire just like a a whiskey knee, and that's usually most places gonna be a Knob Creek, a Jameson, mm-hmm. yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Um I like a Knob Creek. That's fine. Knob Creek is great yeah i like yeah that's what most that places feels... have is they're like a house or well like it's like it's like wow things have changed good. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that feels too good for a, a well whiskey to me to me i'm like i don't recognize that brand is what well whiskey is oh see i've gotten very lucky like most places i've gone are like i'll say can i have a whiskey and they'll be like what do you want and i'll be like eh, whatever and they're like okay well we'll do literally whatever like they will usually hand me a jameson or a or a knock creek yeah um no, that was that was definitely me. Uh, I was I was very into Jameson and and bourbon uh, for a long time. Mm. Bourbon's so good. It is. It is. Now I am. You know, I love I love all the brown liquors. 
You know, I just I I I, I welcome come to Papa. I, I accept I accept and love all of you. You are all valid. Um, so we're not just gathered here to, to enjoy the reopening of a podcast studio. We're here. People have used this other than us. This has been open forever. I thought you were like, it's been sort of close. There's a sign outside being like, hey, this is in use again. Yeah, yes. So I assume it's for a while it was shut down. I think the first year of the pandemic, there was no one in I mean, here. arguably. Yeah. Let, us, it let is, us feel special, Cotto. It is so quiet in here because they're not like HVACing the shit out of it. No. So no. We're, really, we're really in like the trust circle here. Yeah, yeah. We are we're stewing in each other's we're stewing in each other's air juices. <laughs> there's some there's a I feel a slight breeze. Also, yeah. I can hear noise. I can also hear a little bit of noise. And that. also like I, I, I we're 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 fine. We've we've It'll fine. be fine. We're fine. Hey, sorry, sorry. I almost said chat like we're on Twitch. Hey, sorry, chat. <laughs> no. Hey, sorry listeners for the noise. I'm going to do a fast and dirty edit on this one because we got lots to set up for our yeah. stream this weekend. Yeah. Which, <laughs> right. So this this Saturday we're doing a Save Point Mini uh, for our friends at Trans Lifeline again. And if all goes well, we're going to be getting rolling at around like 9 a.m. Eastern on Saturday uh, and going like all day. So check it out at twitch.tv slash waypoint. Uh, however, given that we've occasionally needed a little extra time to iron out our setup for live events, uh, there's a really good chance that if you're listening to us right now when this episode drops on Friday, you go over to twitch.tv slash waypoint you might just see some random things yeah. uh, throughout the day as we are doing test streams and doing setup. Uh, so if you want the chance of seeing us do segments that we, I think, rejected as maybe too strong a word, but Waypoint, like little, little segments that didn't, yeah, they didn't uh, Those make segments got waitlisted. When they applied, uh, they applied during regular decision and not early decision. And yeah. because of this, they were waitlisted from uh, the uh, Save Point stream. Ouch. That sucks. I can't imagine what that would feel like. I'm sure you okay don't now. Have I, okay now, I have a question. Okay, what's up? Where first of all, how do you know that you didn't get into a place because you didn't do early decision? Okay, who tell who? What I, sort of I sick twisted guy, story. like admissions counselor? So this was not told to me. Well, this was told to me by an admissions counselor later. Okay, so when I applied to college, yeah. um, I was invited to apply through a program called QuestBridge, mm -hmm. which is a program for high achieving low income students, mm -hmm. uh, because basically they saw my ACT score and were like, apply to this. Uh, I applied, I wrote some essays, and I got in. And the way the QuestBridge works is if you apply to uh, a set of, there's basically 40 schools. Uh, if you like Google the schools, you will see that this is like a real fucking program. Um, schools like Williams, Amherst, Bowdoin, Brown, U Chicago, Yale, um, et cetera, et cetera, right? This is the, this is the tier of school they work with. Yeah. Um, and the way it works is if you get accepted into the QuestBridge program, you then apply to all of those schools through a special QuestBridge application that happens during early decision. Uh, and if the school accepts you, you get a full four-year free ride. Uh, and the basic numbers is if you get into the QuestBridge program, you are basically guaranteed to get into one of those schools because there's like a relatively rigorous right. like program to get in, right? And so I did this and uh, I applied to 13 schools. Um, my family only had money to visit one school. And so we visited U Chicago. 
And I convinced myself that U Chicago was my dream school. And the way the early decision works is if a school says yes in early decision, you are committing to that school. You can't apply to a different school during regular decision, right? And then so I got worried that if a different school said yes in early decision, then I wouldn't have the chance for U Chicago to say yes during regular decision. And so at the last minute, I backed out of 12 out of the 13 schools I applied to. And then I reapplied to all of them during regular decision. When I was informed by someone that uh, schools during regular decision, basically at that tier of university, uh, the regular decision period is used to fill out their existing class because early decision is used to actually basically build your pool of students. And then you use regular decision to like fill in the gaps that you have. Uh, And so regular decision is way, way harder to get into because most of the slots are already filled by the people who are selected in early decision. And I received the information that I had been waitlisted from all of these schools during my senior high school robotics tournament. So I was the president of our robotics team. I was also our lead mechanic. uh, And I was also the person driving the robot. And so during the uh, day of competition... This is about to be the saddest, most pathetic (laughs) visual in history. It's so bad. You have no idea how bad it's going to get. Like, I am in in my head. Like, REM is now, like, overlaid on this moment. (laughs) So uh, I was in FRC 6054, and that was our our team. Uh, And I was so stressed because I said I was head mechanic and the person driving the robot, and president of the team. And the night before, the elevator opened up in front of me uh, as I was about to get into, like, go downstairs at the hotel we were staying Mm -hmm. at. Uh, The elevator opened, and as the elevator opened, there was someone standing there back to the door saying, yeah, I really think uh, electing Ren as our president was a mistake. I think we should have chosen someone else. As I was standing in front of the elevator, at which point this person turns around and looks at me waiting to get in the elevator uh, in my most probably crestfallen moment, one of the most crestfallen moments of my entire life. So that's the emotional energy I was bringing into the final day of competition. But for this final day, there was one round that determined whether or not we got into playoffs. God, the the fucking sigh Kata just gave. (laughs) Um, There was one round that determines whether or not we get into playoffs, right? And I got on the field, and I start driving, and I fully dissociated to the point where I forgot which team I was on and started scoring points for the opposite team because my brain just went into autopilot. Uh, I came back to my senses halfway through the round and got us back to close to a tie which is to say that I drove like my fucking life depended on it. It was the best driving I'd ever done. (laughs) And I got us back to almost a tie because I had done so well scoring for them in the first half that there was basically no way to catch up in the second half, but I almost did it and failed. 
and then I picked up the robot and I carried it back to our pit. Uh, and then I walked outside uh, and started crying. Uh, and then I pulled out my phone and I saw that I had 12 emails from 12 different schools, each of which was a waitlist or rejection. That's a bad weekend. It was a really bad weekend. And a dude walked up to me and saw me crying and was like, hey, it's okay. You'll get it next year. And I was like, dude, you have no <laughs> fucking idea what is what is causing me sorrow in this moment. I appreciate you so much for trying to help me in this in this moment of grief. But like, King, this is not your moment to step in and be like, Hey, it's all right. You'll do you'll do better at the robotics competition next year. One, no, I wouldn't. I was a senior. Two, that wasn't that was only one of my problems. Uh, that was I would say one of legitimately the lowest points of of my whole arc, which is why I know so much about the U.S. college system and like the waitlisting system. Uh, and the application process, because part of QuestBridge is that they teach you all of that, because usually that information is reserved for yeah. kids with tutors and people with like legacy students. Uh, and part of the whole program, is yeah. There's a wanna... ton you just told me here that I didn't know. Yeah, uh, and basically part of the program is that they want to like they want to like open this information to lower income students. Uh, and so I did all of this work getting into this program. Uh, only to fuck it up of my own volition at the last second and then have Because you overthought the, it. Yeah, and then yeah. have the weight of all of that uh, crash upon me in the same weekend that I uh, failed my high school robotics team in basically every conceivable way. They deserve to be failed. Uh, so yeah, that's my that's my story. <laughs> so Pretty how's cool, set, how's, right? how's setup going? Are we good? Are we good? We're good on setup. Oh, this? Yeah, we're great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Like, uh, <laughs> legitimately. Now. Yeah, legitimately. It's downstairs stuff's uh, good. recording as we speak. Yeah. We're, what we're, is it recording? Uh, we're testing to make sure that the computer can handle it because right now we are, it was requested of us that we get ISOs, uh, so like isolated recording files. Who on earth would request that? Who to in Jason the hell Kyle. needs an ice? <laughs> oh, Jason needed it. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Well, I'm yeah, glad we're doing it's it. It's a good thing. It's a good ask. Yeah, Smart. Good ask. No, it's Smart good. To... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I saw that request come in. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're recording ISOs, and we're determining if the CPU load of recording ISOs is going to be too high and burn out the machine and cause mm. it to crash, mm. uh, which is a possibility because the first time we tried recording ISOs, the computer did jump up to 100% utilization. Mm -hmm. I cannot believe we already found the limits of this setup. The limits of the setup are you can't record five 1080p cameras inputting into vMix at the same time. That doesn't seem that bad. No. And no. that's not just recording. That is like recording and also streaming and outputting. Like yeah. like if you're not like yeah. hitting the record button. Need... The ISO recordings are are taking a lot out yeah. of out of things. Yeah. We just Without the record it's fine. Yeah. yeah. We do yeah. We we there's an option in Vice to to like send those things out to a local like everything on 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 campus, so to speak, can be recorded from a central location called the uh media control room but 
our streams on a weekend, so we would have to pay those people overtime, which means that it actually has to come out of a specific budget instead of just being right their salaries. Right. Yeah. So we're trying to avoid that. All right. Well, then maybe next time we do the primary streaming day during the week. We'll do it live. <laughs> we'll do it live during the week. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. It's it's also like we're our setup. We talked about the global supply chain on this podcast weeks mm-hmm. ago. Our setup is kind of a, a a kind of monster amalgamation of some extra tech that isn't it. It's not in its final form yet. Yeah. So some of these inputs and outputs are being run through a networking device called NDI that normally requires more network configuration to be able, allowed to be like you utilized by anyone in this building and all that right now it's like a we have a mini server a server that is just talking to itself in one giant box yeah and it's not really how you're supposed to use that but it works it's a it's a good you know it's yeah we've we've leveled up from the i've taped together oh this is the part that was blowing my mind when we have a we have a a server we have like a full like audio like a board board with like a physical mm -hmm. mixer that is like one of the coolest things i've ever interacted with the rack that you guys have down there with the with the stack of equipment like when i think about that versus what we had last time we did one of these (laughs) which was an unbelievable daisy chain of like one (sighs) limited single use thing that we were stretching yeah. way beyond its capacity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like the, it, it definitely, I, I'm very excited uh, be, because I've never we seen us do, have a setup like this. We're doing so much more than we've ever done. We're so far beyond the trash can. Yeah. The trash can, which is sitting this at like my house. like a dumpster. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. is. It's, it's goodbye, like... goodbye trash can, which was the size of like a little like, like bathroom like, waste paper basket yeah, or waste paper yeah, basket yeah. trash can uh, and now we have like an industrial garbage can one of the big can. plastic garbage yeah. cans that you have like you see at a stadium or yeah something. it's got the roll the wheels yeah. on the bottom that you yeah, have to roll exactly, it out and, exactly and it has a $12,000 server in it yeah right um, the garbage will be our content yeah, exactly <laughs> yes. so yeah our setup our setup has gotten to the point where I have to say things like um yeah, so we're getting the audio in uh, through the monitor, but not through vMix because I think something's getting hung up in Dante. And so if we can check the Dante real quick. Shout uh, out to Dante. The stupid <laughs> fucking dumb joke. I mean, shout out to Dante. Yeah. First first ever hero of the podcast, Dante Douglas. Um, helping with Ergodox images. Helping with Ergodox <laughs> images. Um, helping... Kind of just emotionally through his presence in our yeah. hearts, yeah. Um, pretty consistently. Um, <laughs> a guiding star. A guide- <laughs> Dante, if you're listening to this, you are my guiding star. Um, he's probably not listening to this. No, no, he listens sometimes. Fuck. Fuck Dante. I ate at a restaurant <laughs> called Dante just because I wanted to honor him. Wow. <laughs> wow. Thank you. Like, Thank you, Rob, for your art. Yeah. And for your contribution to culture. It's like. This this martini is for for Dante. <laughs> mm, mm, this, That's who it's for. Oh, yeah. this martini tastes to me like the finest of keycaps. <laughs> I don't know. If... <laughs> oh, ooh, ooh yummy! Ooh, delicious PBT. The dye sublimation in this martini is delectable. <laughs> now I'm just yeah, we're doing this. Is you could absolutely do like a terrible little round of like novel like a. F- 
like a round of novelty cocktails yeah. at like a nerd convention. Cotto, oh uh, my God. Cotto, others, and I almost went to a uh, astrology themed cocktail bar. Not cocktail, yeah, an astrology themed mm-hmm. bar uh, on Monday night. Um, and I feel like weird keyboard bars are, is not very far off. There's a place in Brooklyn in my neighborhood called Brooklyn mm-hmm. um, that I've done a fighting game tournament at. And like, actually, oh. yeah, have you been to Brooklyn? No. Oh, but I did. I live in the boring part of Brooklyn. I have a park. I what? Which park? Prospect Park. That's not boring. Isn't that like a great park? It's a great park. It's so just so. What's boring? It's just it's a park. You live near downtown Brooklyn. Ish, yeah, yeah. Every time, every time, okay, let me say this. This is a, a bit, uh, I'm going to take one New York moment here. Hmm. Every time you talk to a motherfucker who lives in Clinton Hill or the surrounding, I'm not, I'm not in Clinton I know Hill. you're not in Clinton Hill, <laughs> motherfucker, but if I want to go to Cotto's house, I get off at the Clinton Washington fucking MTA stop. Okay, I get off at that street, fucking C the stop. The street is called Clinton, but it runs north south through Clinton Hill, but also south into Prospect Heights, into Park Slope. Well, not not all the way into Park Slope. Into Park Slope Heights, though, which I'm next to. Every time you talk to a motherfucker from any one of these neighborhoods and Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, you live near downtown Brooklyn, they'll be like, no, I don't live near downtown Brooklyn. I live a 25-minute walk from downtown Brooklyn. Okay, it's a little further for me. It's like a 40-minute walk to downtown Brooklyn. Yeah, downtown Brooklyn is not that close to Prospect Park, right? No, no. No, Prospect Park is further south and... All I, know, all I know is I was visiting with some friends and I was seeing lots of pictures of bird photos that they're taking in Prospect Park, which does seem like it's it a has very nice park. Fantastic selection of birds. Absolutely. So I, like, I wish and I, I wish had more time. Dogs. Lots of yeah. great dogs. Lots of great dogs. Yeah, I'm, I'm badly missing. I'm, this is the downside of this this trip. I'm I'm badly missing. We, missing my we dog. would watch movies in the park. You know, it's a, it's one of those <laughs> parks. Well, I wouldn't nice. I wouldn't watch movies in the park because no, I don't you... like the. I think the probably their ability to project it to my standards and of course like. Oh no! It's a horrible projection, but. Yeah, the so sound no. system was loud enough. Oh, you know, what was a good projection? Uh-huh. What was a good projection, Rob? So, you might think, how many times in one year can a man see Manhunter? Uh, and I think we're going to end up at the answer being four. <laughs> um, Okay. Also, real quick, I want to let people in on a little secret of the production of this podcast. Rob, Rob went into I'm about to start a new topic face and then I watched Kato hit the enter key on his fucking keyboard and make a note in the goddamn recording which yeah. is one of the funniest fucking things I've I've, I've ever seen as you're saying my, as you're saying my darling Rob about seeing Manhunter four times this year yeah well so fourth is TBD fourth depends on when I get a hold of the 4k the 4k <laughs> oh uh, okay. you know disc that they're putting out later this year wow but uh, yeah so is that a new film scan I think it's going to be a new scan. I don't think I do not think there was a 4K transfer just sitting around that like didn't make the Blu-ray release last time. Uh, but either way, I got into town and I was like, I have just enough time to go catch the final the final showing of these three days of Manhunter they've done at the Roxy uh, Roxy Cinema. Uh, I want to say, uh, and so immediately like said goodbye to my friends who were putting me up. I was like, no, I can't hang out. I have to go see Manhunter again. Because they had a 35 millimeter print. Ooh, nice. Who can resist? Was it a good print? It was aged, and there were like sure. lots of like scratches and defects on it. But that being said, it was a good print. And like really different 
looking than what I have on that Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, like, and I, and I don't think just because it was like maybe a little like faded just from like use. Sure. It did feel like just overall, uh, it was. I was, I was talking to uh, the guy who runs the. There is a Michael Manfax Twitter account on. Okay. Uh, of course there is. So um, the Super Mario broth of Manhunt. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> He was he was there, and uh, we were talking after the fact, and uh, he mentioned that like yeah, it did appear to be like a noticeably warmer uh, print. So I immediately like got into town. Mm-hmm. First thing I did was like race over there. Nice. And uh, you know you gotta just tear off the band aid uh, if you're a little like COVID phobic and being like I don't know if I can live in public right now. I don't know if I can handle this. And it's like you got to go into this tiny little room mm-hmm. with so so ventilation mm-hmm. if you're gonna get your. Manhunter on a well, it's the Roxy Cinema, so I can't call it a big screen. The Roxy in Tribeca, yeah. Oh, it's smallish. I used to, I used to have a art, my uh, college art studio was three blocks from there. It's a weird place to have an art studio because it's very, it's too clean down there, you know. I don't know. <laughs> you need, you need, you need the dirt and the you, grime you mean, for your good art. You mean Tribeca is too clean, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's like one of those neighborhoods where you're like, this, I, I, I feel I, I, like I I've su- entered the... I suspect there was a time when it was not so clean. I'm sure, but like even compared to other parts of Manhattan, Tribeca in particular, Tribeca and NoHo yeah. and Soho no, specifically, yeah. Soho even still feels a little grungy at times, a little like more lived in basically, where yeah. Tribeca feels so manicured and clean in a way it was like did i just step into a, a a tv set of what people think a city is like that's what tribeca and fide i feel like to me like the, like the warby parker part of williamsburg <laughs> yeah right exactly when you go down to down a fucking uh what is that grand or bedford yeah and then like it's you get a, a couple like interesting shops and then all of a sudden it's like brand name brand name brand name brand name right <laughs> I, I think it's time that I finally admit something mm. on, on a Waypoint podcast. I've been here for uh, a month and a half, yeah, uh, which means that I think I am pretty much safe for the thing I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a Michael Mann movie. Okay. Hmm. I, we have a show about that. Mm-hmm. No fucking clue. Absolutely no idea. Never seen a Manhunter Never seen me either. Never seen a never seen a heat. I saw missing through, out on some through, bangers. I'm, sh- I'm sure I am through discussion of these of these because uh, I'm always there you right. know, taking my notes. Taking uh... he points he points <laughs> at the deeply. <laughs> it's fine. It's Let good. See how many? It's all good. We're 40 minutes into this podcast. One, by the way. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve audio files. Right, but there's three at. of us. Three of us. Twelve audio files divided by three. That's only four files per person. That's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, I I feel like I watched Thief just because I was like scrolling through as y'all were talking about things because there was points where it was like oh we would want x clip in there and i was like starting to try to scroll through them while we so like yeah that one i almost all almost watched but apart from that i haven't either i haven't seen but i feel like i've seen because yeah. y'all do such great summary painfully and... detailed <laughs> excruciating <laughs> uh... wow do you want people to listen to me hunting 
I know what it is. Okay. Like I know, like I know that this is like a oh, li- listen. Good. Okay, Austin was like, "Good luck with Waypoint Plus, y'all." I hope you have some ideas. And I was like, "I could do a manhunter thing, like Alex Navarro and <laughs> Delacina." And we can. It's a lot of fun. Actually, yeah. I actually really love yes. doing that, and uh, like I, I really enjoy it. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to pretend that like we're not trying. We're not fan hunting right now. No, no, it's just for. It's for you. Yeah. yeah, we're not trying to fan hunt. No. We're, we already found the fans. They're here. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so that was that was like how I kicked off my, my New York weekend was uh, was racing to see a movie that I already like have seen too many times recently. Uh, and all it did was make me realize like, man, that 4K is going to be something. Cannot wait. Sorry. No, oh, you look like some, you had something. You were well, I just, I just, well, I kind of had something. I just, mm. I, a, a thing about the energy of this particular episode of Waypoint Radio yeah. just clicked for me. Yeah. This is going to be the meanest thing I've ever said about any about about any of us. Let me be clear. Mm-hmm. This pod, this episode of the podcast has the energy of those shows where it's just like three guys who are like, <laughs> let's start a podcast with no fucking. <laughs> With with no topic and kind of just complain about women the entire time. Oh, and God. we're not doing that, but no. this episode does yeah. kind of have that cadence to it. And I and I just want to, I want that on the record that we know. Yeah. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the podcast before a massive stream, folks. What's the po- what's the podcast about? It can be about anything. Is that your tailor, Rob? That got cut from the podcast. People don't know what you're talking about, Kato. Did it? Did it get cut? Yes, it yes. did. It did. They're dead. Oh, I'm <laughs> go back here and put a marker down. Maybe. Did, I, did I put one already? Rob and I, Rob and I, fucking tag <laughs> tag teaming this podcast into into relative cohesion. I mean, Ren, we can also cut the parts that are like. Can you? Bunch of... You you know what? Feel free. Go ahead. Make the cuts. <laughs> make the edit. <laughs> Well, okay, maybe maybe the well liquor and Michael Mann movies bit is too deep in, uh, but we could probably lose the detour do, into what is downtown Brooklyn. I do have we could probably dump that. I do have uh, cut this and cut earlier. Remember when this is gonna be a light edit for Kato? This is not. It is. It has to be. It has to be. There's There's no literally, time. functionally, has to be a light edit. Yeah. Uh. So, Ren, you have been playing Norco. I have been playing Norco, which I, when I first started the video game Norco, I tweeted out, um, I'm 85% sure, something along these lines, I'm like 80% sure I'm playing one of my top three games of the year. Yeah. Uh, Norco, also a game where, uh, like, three weeks, four weeks ago, who knows, no one's quite sure, I said, I think this is going to be a good year for this style of, like, of this style, like narrative driven, like a game. And everyone was like, oh, you think it's going to be a good year for it? Ha ha ha. It's so early in the year. You can't make that call yet. Ah ha ha. You fool, you idiot, you dumb bitch. Um, to which I say, after having played more of Norco, I can pretty firmly say it's going to be a good year for this <laughs> shit. Like this and Citizen Sleeper will be enough to carry the year alone because Norco is the first game since Disco Elysium where I will see lines in that game and I will feel the need to text people the quotes to be like, can you fucking believe they put this shit in a video game? Can you believe they have prose this fucking delectable in in a video game? 
Um, it truly feels like if I was if I was to like describe the writing through comparison alone, it is sitting so firmly at the intersection of Kentucky Route Zero and Disco Elysium. It is astounding. But if I was to like less comparatively describe it, it is uncomfortably intimate uh, and like deeply rooted in the class politics of the American South. Like, mm-hmm. the clash in racial politics of the American South through a lens of, like, deep disdain and intimacy. Um, it's fucking phenomenal. Uh, like, beautifully written. It is basically about a young person returning to their hometown of Norco in Louisiana uh, after they have uh, gotten word that their mother has died in, like, a mostly dystopian, semi-post-apocalyptic U.S. wasteland. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is Is it a phenomenal. coincidence that Norco sounds like a petro company? No, it's it's it's, okay. it's about a so the Shield oil generator or the Shield like it is there is a there is a power company at the heart of this game. Okay. Um Norco is also the name uh I believe a uh it is one of the uh, i think it is if you google norco and don't add the word game to it i believe you get a medication for drug overdoses right mm-hmm. uh that is intentional as well uh this is a game 100 percent about class um and like rural and like the rural south in a way that is like absolutely brilliant and like pervades through every single part of the game this um, I'm going through the pictures. It does look it also looks just gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It has the yeah. best like it is. It is like old school adventure game style pixel art that is being pushed to its furthest extent of like fidelity and like unco- like grunginess. There's something I want to do. I want to get at, and I don't want to like frame it as no, if please. like it's a negative thing. But um, so like Disco Elysium, one of part of this is like there's so many different ways a game of that can go. Mm-hmm. Uh, that game can take on so many different tenors uh, based on like who you choose to be mm-hmm. and and uh, like how you how you choose to to handle it. Is Norco trying to play in that territory? Is it much more like linear? Like when I think of a point and click, it's usually right. like pretty much a story, and then progress is gated at certain points, uh, and like like unlocking those blocks and figuring out how the game fits together is kind of the challenge. It's kind of what you're doing. I'm not totally sure yet, but mm-hmm. the game is doing something like it is. Even if it isn't doing the like playing out things, it is doing some of the structural and systemic coolness that Disco Elysium does, albeit in different ways. Yeah. So like one of the things your character has is a mind map. And you can see the relationships between each of the games, I think like twenty or so like named characters or primary characters. You can see all of their relationships in your mind map and then dig into your thoughts on each of those characters. Um in a way that is deeply reminiscent of Disco Elysium's like uh, attribute thought system, cabinet? yeah, oh, thought okay. cabinet. No, thought cabinet actually is is the, is the better comparison point. Uh, and as you like discover more about the video game, more uh, information appears in each of those, and like more details added to those relationships. But I think if I had to guess, because uh, I'm still relatively early on, I think that um, it is closer to your standard adventure game in terms of the way which progress functions. But I would be uh, totally unsurprised if the game has a lot of like branching narrative work uh, mm-hmm. because of the depth of character um, and like location involved. It would be right. odd to me if it did right. not have that degree of like branching narrative. Yeah. 
Um, so about like how far do you think you are in it? Uh, I've only managed to put up a few hours in because yeah. I've been doing a lot of work on the production of this show. Right. Uh, I'm still within like the fully within the introduction, um, getting to know the town, yeah. getting to like, like probably within the space that like demo it's out for yes. it. Yeah. Yes, 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 okay. yes. Still within the first act. Um, Does it? I guess we we were talking about Disco Elysium as a comparison point, but I wonder whether or not uh, Kentucky Route Zero is maybe a better. I one was also using as, that as a comparison point yeah. because I feel like Disco Elysium has the the roles like mid uh, action and discussion yes. and all that that kind of add that layer of like um, random chance into it, where Kentucky Route Zero structurally doesn't have those same types of choices happening in that way in that systematized way. It's more like you're unveiling a story and you the choices you end up making are more about the flavor of text that you're receiving from the game and that almost feels like is norco playing more in that space maybe there is systematized systematization of action here okay, so cool. for example um one of the early things is like you can gate you can get your uh childhood toy monkey mm -hmm. to join your party oh. early on because this game is playing okay. in some very real magical realist space as well uh but the the toy monkey doesn't talk to you mm -hmm. it just stares people down and makes them uncomfortable great uh but to get the monkey <laughs> to join your party after having abandoned it for five years since uh -huh. you left the city you have to win a staring contest and so there are mechanics <laughs> for basically there's like a mini game for like appropriately using the monkey like like staring at the monkey that is like tied to the physical action you are doing mm -hmm. there's like small mini games and the game also does have a combat system um hmm. against uh like they're like short encounters and like small yeah. encounters but like each of the little games that you do uh in your like getting someone to join your team you then use those same mechanics to attack enemies and there's like a party system and it's, it's it seems pretty light so far, but I can see where it will start to, in an almost Undertale-esque way, start to express things happening narratively through these mechanical systems mm -hmm. uh, and through these like minor um, uh, like game feel sections. So that is available now? Yes. Um, I think it's out, out, it's out today, right? Yeah, it's out today. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, that's what I was wondering. Okay. Uh, also oh, it's on, on game sale. Pass. Yeah. It's on sale. It's, it's on, on Game Pass. Pass. It's on Game Pass. It's on Steam. I would recommend getting it on Steam. It's a really cool game. I would yeah. like to support the developers. How much is it? It's like 12, 12 bucks. It's only 12, 12 bucks? Give them those twelve dollars, y'all. It looks like it's discounted from fifteen, but yeah, either way, it's ridiculously. That's a steal. Its soundtrack is also fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Its music is really great. It has an accompanying album. You can get that in the special bundle for twenty one dollars. Um, there's an accompanying Lovely. album by the uh, Louisiana sludge metal band Thou. Sick. Uh, that is that is <laughs> that a companion great. to the game. Uh, yeah, yes. it's fucking, it's really good. Oh, I'm very excited to try that. That sounds like great post post stream uh, post stream vibes. Yeah, <laughs> just get really down and dirty with some fun. Really work narrative. on that depression. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm actually really excited to look at it in conversation with our next Waypoint 101 game. And like different idea. No, like legitimately. This is not this is oh, not a bit. Okay, okay. I, I see it now. 
I, in different only, only via Faulkner, I think. But <laughs> I mean, like different imaginations of what the South is yeah. and means. Like that is mm-hmm. that is part of what Gettysburg is doing. Is like as a game that is recreating the Civil War. Like that is a very particular vision of what the South is and means. And and Norco is is playing in the South as a as a place in a way that is very very exciting to me as someone who like really really loves Southern literature a lot um, and is like deeply fascinated by it. Uh, so that is Norco, and you can, uh, as we as we mentioned, like it's on Game Pass. Check it out on Steam. Uh, I think the discounts are up until the end of the month, uh, but either way, it's a very very reasonably priced game. Uh, so it sounds like a very very easy uh, pickup, yeah. uh, and sounds worth supporting. So check that out. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break here, uh, and when we come back, uh, we will cover some of what I've been playing and maybe look at some questions. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, and we're back. Uh, Kato, have you been playing much, or have you just been like totally in producer hell? Uh, yeah, since basically producer hell. I, I, I mean, I'm still playing Elden Ring, but we'll talk about that later, probably. Yeah, uh, I feel like, I feel I like we're not done with Elden Ring. No, we're we have a moratorium on it for a little bit. Yeah, that game is huge. I still uh, haven't does. beaten the boss. I've been stuck on. I'll admit that I still have yet to beat Millennia. Great. Maybe I'll catch up. <laughs> you just stay stuck there for a while. I'll catch up. Oh, don't worry. I'm on it. <laughs> I am. I am. Kato, I'm. I'm really good at getting fucking I am killed by the Valkyrie. It and yeah, not, thank you. And not making progress. I'm so. I'm better than anyone else has ever been at getting fucking owned by millennia. Nice. Are you? Like I understand. Like the way a lot of people are going through this game is like you hit a roadblock and you go do something else somewhere else in the world have you exhausted options like are you kind of like you you, now progress has to go through this boss for you pretty much it's an optional boss but it is okay this is is not one of the mandatory great runes no it's not one of the mandatory great runes um i have i have hit god this is the most fucking wrench i've ever gonna say it's important for my character that i beat this boss It's important for it's my character that I beat this boss. Playing game, not that You're kind of role playing. Playing a role. It is important for me that I beat this boss. It can be Rob. It can be. Oh, it I. I absolutely yes, can. yes. People can choose how they play. Absolutely. <laughs> However, it do, it does seem like this is where the and this is how I'm making fun well, of the game red, runs headlong into <laughs> the way the game is constructed. It is. Well, whoa, 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 whoa. I will push back against this and say that that would be if I was fighting this at the wrong level. Yeah. I'm not. I'm about a level 120, 112 in this game. Yeah. That is where about you should be fighting her. Okay. She's just really fucking hard. Okay. Um, so it's just not like you can go in and like 
spec out. Like, there's not a spec that would have been oh, easier for you? or I can totally respec my character yeah. into a totally different build and be able to kill her. Yeah. I have no interest in doing that because that is not how I'm interested in, right, in right, playing right, right. out this particular sequence. Yep. They also, uh, they did a patch recently. Yeah. They severely nerfed my cool laser sword. Oh. Which that's... is fine. I was going to, I was, after this fight, Wait, I was going to stop using it anyway. Laser, the Kamehameha? Yeah. I was going to, I was going to switch off of it anyway after this fight. Like, because I, I was getting bored. You can, no, you stay, they still have it, it's just weaker. Well, yeah, but now it's not optimal. It's yes, it's now no, it's not optimal. It's not that it's not <laughs> optimal. Wow. Destiny Kato. Kato, oh it's God. not not oh, optimal. It's... it's not completely broke. It's not completely game breaking. If, uh, if, okay. If by suboptimal we mean not completely game breaking, might as well then throw yes. this piece of shit in the content vault. <laughs> does it? Does the game have a content vault yet? Yeah, it needs one. It needs one. <laughs> Speak- All non-optimal gear. Boom. Speaking of games with non-optimal content and no a non-optimal Lord. content release strategy, mm-hmm. oh, Robert fuck. Zachney, how is it going in the world of cards? Yeah, the world of cards. How's Lightning the- McQueen treating you in the world of cards? Um, did he die? Kato, we got to <laughs> stop doing this. <laughs> what? When have we talked about Lightning McQueen dying? We all know this is a backdoor Paul Newman thing. We know <laughs> I could, this I is. Could see, I could, we I all could, know. Everyone I here could, knows what you are I doing. Could, no, we I, all see no, what you are no, doing. No, 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 Kato. I fell in the depths of my fucking book. The way you said I thought Lightning McQueen died, I looked at Rob <laughs> the exact same fucking way I looked at Rob when you said Paul Newman, the Pizza King. Like, <laughs> like, like the beginning of that bit. You cannot. I will mm. not allow you to manufacture this moment, Look. Ricardo. Can Contreras. In the in the trailer for Cars 3, 4, 3, 4, it looks like Lightning McQueen takes a really bad crash against the wall and fucking eats it, like dies. And I never saw that movie. Because fuck the Cars franchise. But I thought someone else might be knowledgeable. Did he actually die? Is Lightning McQueen still I in? I mean, as I understand, a lot of Cars die in Cars 2. Which yeah. is like they do get murdered. They on go full cars Transformers too. movie mm-hmm. oh in God. Cars Two, like not like. One of them has a gun. Weird. One of them is a spy and has a gun in Cars Two. Oh, does it pop out of the the hood like a spies? What's that? What's that game called? Spy Hunter. Yeah, Spy Hunter. Probably yes, but I would much rather imagine a car holding a a, a holding nine millimeter a gun. pistol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah, holding yeah, a yeah, gun yeah. with like, like it's like in it's the spokes re- of the wheel, rear view mirror, or in the wheel. That's interesting. In the wheel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of just like reaching it up there. Yeah. I was thinking the like side mirror turning into a small hand somehow, really grossly bending metal I'll to be honest, rip a gun. The, the image of a of a car with a side mirror that is just a human hand yeah. is one of the most upsetting things I've ever heard. I love it. <laughs> Speaking of upsetting, Rob Zachney, how is Gran Turismo treating you? So, it's the report is mixed, but I would say tr- Gran Turismo could be treating itself better. Uh, mm. That is, it could be loving itself. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing, and like it's one of these things that is tough to. There are so many things going kind of wrong at once that it's it's kind of hard for me to figure out like to what degree is this just. Like top down, like Sony mismanagement of like the game 
you know, pushing against what they built here versus how much is the people who actually built the game, Polyphony Digital, uh, who, you know, are wholly operated by Sony, but, Mm -hmm. like, to what degree is their vision also just kind of off? Um, But to give you, like, the breakdown of what's actually happened here, uh, so last week... Um, I finished a work day and I was like, time to go drive some cars. Mm-hmm. And the servers were offline. Um, <laughs> and Wait, it's an always online game? Yeah. Uh, and it is pretty, which is which is already annoying mm-hmm. because like substantially a lot of what you're doing in that game is like doing single player races. Right. Uh, so it is an incredibly restricted, the game doesn't have any kind of offline, sorry, Allegedly, it has this thing called Music Rally, where um, when the game is offline, you can at least do fun little like timed race events mm-hmm. while listening to the game soundtrack. Can you overtake X number of time, X number of cars in the time this, this piece of music plays? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Two two issues with that. One, game soundtrack is kind of a nightmare. <laughs> um, it is. It's not great. Like I enjoy its sensibilities, but there's almost nothing in that game on its soundtrack. That is like, you know, there's some music where you're like, if this came on the radio and I was behind the wheel mm-hmm. of like a V8 sports car, like I would probably kill people by the end of the song, right? Because I'd just be like, yeah, and you're exploring it. Um, there's very little in Gran Turismo 7 soundtrack where it's right. like, this is a fucking banger. Let's open this throttle open. It's more like, um, you know, again, I think I, t- I alluded to the fact that like, it's like, hey, what if, what if, really childish renditions of classical music uh, with a trip hop uh, like beat behind it. Yeah. That's kind yeah, yeah, of yeah. what you're, that's what music rally is. So um, the Sony, so you're saying the Sony music licensing isn't working out for them. I think it could have. I just think you needed literally anybody else <laughs> to start like rifling through the cat, the, the catalog. Right. The, the, the vibes of this are, are off. Rob, it sounds like the way you're describing Gran Turismo 7 is it sounds like Gran Turismo 7 is like six months into like a relationship and really unsure whether or not there's a good foundation here or if it's been a fun six months kinda and it's and it's and and the foundation is 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 not stable. Well yeah I mean so so the thing is um the the flip side is like the fundamentals of like what driver relationship mm-hmm. are still really strong, right? It's just what is all the other shit that I can mm-hmm. live with? Mm-hmm. And can I maybe find a version of this functional relationship mm-hmm. that doesn't come with all these uh like wild bits of baggage? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because So Grand Trust Seven is considering opening up its relationship but hasn't like hasn't fully decided yet and you don't really know if it's like a temporary solve to a problem or if it's like an actual long term, like healthier Status quo. Yeah, well, so the thing is, uh, Grand Turismo 7 is not considering opening its relationship. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, you're moving out, you're breaking up. Like, it might be a, like, we will, well, like, wish you well, uh, but I'm going to see other racing games. It's not the fix here. Right, 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 right. Um, It's going to be, I'm going to try to find a racing game that, like, provides a lot of the things that Grand Turismo 7 does, but without, like, feeling like a bone saw have uh, you... ripping through me at times. <laughs> Would you say that you're leaving your relationship with Gran Turismo 7 having a better understanding of yourself and kind of... And oh, kind yeah. Of like, I've learned so much from Gran Turismo 7. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, so the thing is the the, the lack, of a, lack of an offline mode 
uh, is bad. The fact they knocked their game offline for more than a day right. doing an doing an update was was bad. That was annoying. But that's not actually like where things are really going haywire. That just sort of reminded everyone that like, hey, this is a really restrictive offline uh, online requirement. The thing that really like poisoned things was that while they were doing that, the the the, the update that went wrong that caused them to be like, oh shit, we gotta knock the game offline for a day while we like rapidly do a hot fix to that. Um, the update they were initially pushing through was the update where they're like, you know the money that you mm -hmm. spend in the game yes. that you spend on all the other stuff? They were making it so you earned less from racing. <laughs> yes, this is what I heard was like the, the, I've been talking with other friends about this and they were like, yeah, they broke the game's economy. Badly. Like, it is, I would say before that, before the patch, it felt like me just kind of hanging out playing the game. You made enough money that you were like, I'm making meaningful progress to like the next tier of cars, right. et cetera, whatever. Uh, now it's much more like you are on a treadmill. And mm. unless you're willing to like fucking sprint and grind uh, like mad, you are not going to be making much progress. Uh, the thing they explicitly did was they took all the races that were like pretty short, pretty easy to win, mm -hmm. and had decent payouts, and they just slashed the payouts. Jesus uh. Christ! So, and their justification was, "Hey, we don't want people to grind during this game. We don't want you to be repeating the same four or five races just to earn money. We want you to, you know, have fun, uh, you know, playing, you know, playing good races and uh, give you less money." Yeah, but see, this is the other thing, Kato. See, now here, I, here's the here's the context I need to give you. Mm -hmm. There's two pieces of context. One, and Kato, you saw a bit of this in the stream. Mm -hmm. There is a buy credits option in the game. So the in-game mm -hmm. credits, you can just like top up your credits uh, via the PlayStation Store. Twenty bucks, two million credits. So yeah, yeah. So one dollar equals a hundred thousand. <laughs> In-game credits, as far as Sony's concerned. How much is a car? Great question. So most cars are only like 50,000 credits, 60, 70, 80. So $1 will buy you two cars. Yeah. Okay. But but the okay. races that you like people were grinding, right? Uh, in like a five-minute race, you would earn like... 30,000 credits for first place, and then if you mm -hmm. drove a clean race, you get like an initial 15,000, so like yeah. $45,000. Yeah. yeah, so you're making like 50 grand per like five minutes or so. Yeah. Um, so not too onerous. Even there, though, there were cars, the very high end of the game. Yeah, what's the peak? Well, I'll tell you what the peak is this week on auction, and the special... Mm -hmm. Don't put auction houses in your game because Limit, shit's going to get fucked up. Oh, it's limited time, baby. You should not put auction it's houses in It's limited time. Game. There's a limited time. Uh, I want to say 1994, McLaren F1. It's not a Formula One car, but it's like the McLaren sports car is called the F1. Mm -hmm. uh, it was $18.5 So that would be $180? dollars Hundred eighty-five, yeah. Hundred eighty-five real-world human dollars. If you just wanted to be like, just give me that car from the bank where you also pay your mortgage. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, so Yamauchi uh, was the game director for this. Yeah. Uh, 
post like after they were offline for a day. I heard this justification. Mm-hmm. It's fucking was funny. like first we had to do a hot fix on the patch. Sorry about knocking your new game offline for more than a day. Mm-hmm. Two, yes, we want to like reduce the. We didn't want people grinding these races, but also why are the cars so expensive? We wanted to we wanted to reflect their real world value and ensure that they felt special uh, to the players. Now, here's where here's where I do actually like they have a point. The polar opposite of this is Forza Motorsport Seven, mm-hmm. which is just flinging cars at you yeah. at like a blinding pace. That sounds great. It does, but here's the thing though: you don't end up like forging any kind. Like the cars stop feeling like individualized objects that you sure. have a relationship with. Right. And it's just like, yeah, okay, there's another heap of German racing steel. Okay. Good question. Yeah. Can you buy credits in Forza? Uh, God, I can't remember. Um, you buy it. They, they, they Certainly. opened it. Ju- Certainly. Prob- probably, but. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing that really changes this, this discussion there is that you can buy the credits. Yeah. So they have a. Monetary uh, incentive. I'm to... not sure you still can because, like, Forza Motorsport Seven is like in hibernation, right? Yeah, like yeah. they've kind of shut that. Like, no, the game's I mean, still alive in Gran Turismo, right? They have like once you yes. once you've en- yes. entered, they have created a yeah. massive like moral hazard for themselves yeah. right. to make it impossible for you to progress, but then continue to be. Let me say about another fucked up thing. I talked about this in the piece I wrote. Please. So. <laughs> Kato's seen the, t- the taste of this too. Mm. You get roulette tickets. Oh, right. For like completing daily rewards and such. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's healthy. Probably <laughs> not. But the thing is, don't worry. If you're worried about like, oh man, don't want these like little like roulette games to be too fun, they won't be because <laughs> the hit rate on them right. is like garbage stingy slot machine yeah mm-hmm. um where every time you hit it is because the thing is when like most of the time the worst option on the table is five thousand credits mm-hmm. every time you get that you're basically like this was not even worth the time for me to like open up the lottery ticket and like play it right like just complete waste five thousand five thousand credits is nothing right. doesn't doesn't yeah. buy you shit but sometimes, let's see, things they will give you in the roulette wheel. Car-specific parts. Mm-hmm. So it'll be like, this has a value of $28,000, 20,000 credits. Okay, but I don't own that car. And I'm not about to go buy this car so that my 28,000 credit muffler can uh-huh. go on it. Like, that makes no sense. So it's just going to be like, this, oh my God. this part is just in your library. Yeah. Maybe it'll be useful. Maybe it won't, but it's not going to guide any decision. Would that, okay, I have a clarifying question. Yeah. So you said you get you get parts, right? Are those parts exclusive to the roulette system? Is it like, is no, like no, you can go, this you, is our no. exclusive $28,000 so muffler, not actually $28,000. We just promised you would theoretically be worth $28,000 in theory. No, it's not theoretically. It's okay, got when it. you go to the, the, par, the, the car upgrading store, right. that part would be there. So if you owned this car... Mm-hmm. When so you it doesn't went to... limit those parts to cars you own. Well, so every car gets upgraded separately. That's kind of the thing. So right. like if you like it, it once you buy, for instance, an upgraded uh, like exhaust mm-hmm. for a VW van. For right. That's the thing. You don't have an upgraded exhaust for every car you own. Right. You have it just for that car. Right. That's kind of how they're doing right. this. So you get 
an out of context part for a car you don't own. Okay, that's the thing I was trying to clarify is if it was like a pool that they are pulling from and that is the pool of every car in the video game and not the pool of cars you own. How many cars are there in this video game? Oh God, loads and loads and loads. Like enough that it is statistically unlikely for you to yes. get a part for a car yes. that you actually <laughs> yes. fucking own? Yes. Okay, cool, 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 part of this. Maybe it's happened, I just haven't noticed. The other fun part of this is... um. Oftentimes you'll kind of have a vague idea of what's in a loot in a loot uh, box in something like say Apex, right? Like it right. opens up and all it shows you is what you got. This one does this fun little thing where it shows you all the things that you could be getting, and it does a little spin of, of, around the wheel and like slowly ticks past the the full car oh, yeah. that is in there and like lands on the tiny pile of small credits. Not even the bigger pile of credits that's next to it. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> always two piles of credits and yeah. one is like the shit pile. Right. So it's, um, it's, yes. Yeah, so like you were in, like every time you get one of those, God. it's like the roulette tickets are meant to be like, and here's your reward for like playing every day. But it's like, it's not a reward. It's like literally <laughs> like I'm not getting. seconds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but the other thing you can get you can get the car. Mm-hmm. You never get the car. You never get the car. No. I think I got the car oh, once. Fuck you for asking. I think in weeks. <laughs> I think like in three weeks of the game, I got the car once. But you can also get an invitation. Mm. You get an invitation from a manufacturer. You have an invitation, exclusive chance to buy a car. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. go to Brand Central, the repository for the factory new games uh, from the elite auto-, auto manufacturers, which are partnered with, uh, with with Gran Turismo, which is all of them, by the way. Uh, you go to Brand Central, and you're like, what have I been invited to buy? And you go into their shop, and the ones that you've been invited by have the little invitation envelope over them. Mm-hmm. What you often unlocked is the ability to buy a three million credit, an exorbitantly car. expensive yeah. car that is going to co- that is going to be so many credits oh, it would be totally unviable God. for you to afford it. Yes. Amazing, yeah. amazing. Would would this game be saved by a split economy? A what? A split economy. So basically, a, a paid and free currency economy. Um, is there any is there any rescuing it instead of no? It being, because, well, yeah. I mean. I I think there is rescuing it. I think they just need to rebalance their like. I don't think they've made any irrevocable mistakes. Got it. Like, I don't even th- like this stuff was here from the start. It just didn't bother me that much because like the payout reward, like the payout for races, seemed pretty reasonable at the time. But really quickly, it turns into just a slog to begin like getting resources right. for like expanding your car collection to the high end. Um, the thing this 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 patch really laid bare is the degree to which they are just fucking with the economy mm-hmm. in what appears to be an attempt to like just cause people to say fuck it I will I will spend real money right. on the game right so like I like what's salvageable and here's what's like underneath like the surface here is the game is still probably the best there is at what it does mm-hmm. like. I was playing it the other day, and like it is still like cars feel much better than they do in Forza Motorsport Seven. It's mm-hmm. just like no comparison. Like like GT Seven feels amazing to drive, and even like it's not like the game is bad if you don't have access to like the best cars in it. But it is the fact that like we are making progress a hassle at every corner, so that you will make progress slowly and not be able to like 
play around in the sandbox with these cars very easily. Right. Um, and so, like, I'd love, you know, I, I, I do love really coming to grips with, like, a particular car that I've tuned just the way I like and, like, I have that relationship. That This game excels at that. But they've also placed it in this context of, well, just imagine how, be, how good it would be to, like, drive one of these cars. But there's no there's no path to doing that with the way they've mm. created the economy. Right. There are higher payout races, but they're much, like... The effort per dollar one is tough. And that's the other thing. You only get the big payouts if you get first place. Right. So the good races where it's like this is what we want people this is the experience we want people to have is like really like tense, like wheel wheel races, really competitive. Well, if you're in a really competitive like if you're at the right tier, mm-hmm. right? You're not winning every game. You're not right. winning every race. No, not at all. Right, so where Gran Turismo like is where it's like at its best in terms of like yeah, you know what I am perfectly matched for this difficulty level. Your award is to get completely screwed on the money payout. It's, it's just, like well, uh, you finished you finished fourth place. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's the worth. I'll give you like seventy five hundred credits. Do you want seventy five cents uh, for 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 a piece of gum at the store? Yeah. Having a little having Rob. A little, remember a little flashback to. Picking a, a a VW bus for a race oh, and yeah. tuning it, tuning it as much as we could with all of your credits, Rob. I feel I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, but the thing is, like, <laughs> yeah, you lit you lit a buck on fire, right? Like, who cares? The thing, but I will say, yeah, I was like, I'm not rebuilding my bank, so <laughs> I I fed them twenty bucks. <laughs> And then oh, I was like, no. surely that will give me a, like a leg up in the next tier and everything. Right. And like, Kato, it's like, it's it's a week and a half, two weeks later, and I still have two million credits. Like, all that I played, I still have that bank wow. of two million credits yeah. because, like, what I spent and then what I earned off like my spending, mm-hmm. all of it ended up in a week of racing to basically just like a wash yeah. cycle. That's of the cycling. Cash. That's not. Yeah. You should be building. Yeah. This is this hey, hey, this sounds not good. So and that's and that's the thing. Like it it gets tricky a thing like this gets tricky to assess because mm. when I'm playing the game, like the actual like racing game part, it's extraordinary. Mm. Again, best in class. What do you do with like the metagame elements when like they don't this is the thing like there's a lot of there are a lot of games that that pull this stuff but they fuck up like they make the the primary part of the game like less interesting or like you just don't feel like it's less rewarding to just like play the base game Mm -hmm. because you have you're you're lacking some of these some of these tools. Um, Gran Turismo isn't committing that sin. It's not like you have to pay for a good time. But you are acutely aware that like hey you're playing at the, like the the lower tiers of what this game can do and if you want to go play with like you know the high end cars you can either make this game your fucking job in a way that is just like like i think somebody worked out that it would be like scores maybe hundreds of hours to bank enough for that like $185 car or alternately, you just say "fuck it," I'll be a whale, and and you pay out. That's tough. Like, yeah, I feel like it, another thing that like is 
weird to me or it feels like odd to me it's just like the the meta structure of this game feels looks seems the little that i've seen of it and interacted with it seems like so loose i don't know like i don't i didn't get the sense that there was a structure that was like the push and pull of having to make money is part of the interest in like will i survive this season or whatever it feels like too like you're not jumping through you're you're not like going through it's not like a battle tech session where like the point mm-hmm. the the, mm-hmm. the the like tension of having to make credits and then repair your mechs is part of the gameplay loop this feels like i don't actually know how the currency is functioning especially given that you can just buy a bunch more at any moment right yeah. like well that's it's one of those things like like designing a game around this designing around like in-app purchases, mm-hmm. it's a corrupting influence because you just you <laughs> yeah, can't you, up everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're just sitting there and you're like, to what degree is this motivated by? Like, we do because he's again. Some of that logic was not wrong. Right. Like, there is something to be said for, right. um, like the BattleTech thing, where it's like, this is my mech. I've specced it out. I know exactly right. like this build. This game encourages that kind of relationship, and I could like. You know, a different version of this podcast right now. We're having a different conversation. I'm telling you all about like I did this incredible thing with this BMW. It was it was amazing, and that shit is really fun. But then you're like, but am I also being steered into these like lanes because the like basically am I being steered toward like lateral progress mm-hmm. because they are really trying to make it so that upward progress is just like miserable. Unless you're willing to spend money, and the right. other shitty thing is, we all know that most players, it, like the the math works out that like even if most players are like fuck this system, I'm not climbing this ladder. It's just a handful of people are regularly being like, eh, fuck it, you know. Right. It's just money. <laughs> it's just a handful, like a relative handful of people are doing that. The math works out probably in their favor. Right. Yeah, right. If, this if is the economy of whales. If you have an hundred and eighty-five dollar collar in your video game. That's three copies of the video game Gran Turismo <laughs> 7 that one motherfucker is paying for. Like, right. that number works works well. I mean, it sounds like, I don't know, this sounds, this sounds, but I also think that, like, the Battletech comparison is interesting because, like, what, what that has, but this very clearly doesn't with that relationship between, like, developing relationship with a particular machine, right? Yeah. Battletech has stakes. This is just like, are you, it's resource dumping without Mm -hmm. the stakes or narrative like structure Mm -hmm. required to provide those, that process with any like additional meaning. Yeah. Right. The consumption is in fact the process. Yeah. Like, I guess you'd see like, yeah, if there were a thing where damage is permanent or something, or like you're racing for pinks, uh, mm-hmm. that that'd be a thing that could like add stakes. But yeah, like for the most part, you're right. Like what you are, what you're doing is like, can I pour enough resources into making this car competitive at this race, um, in order to to advance? Right. So and it's fun to be able to pick the specific ways you do that, but like the monetary system seems to not really be be make, creating any inter, uh, interesting uh, gameplay choices when there's that release valve of like and time to dump more money in it yeah. right <laughs> right especially because like the if you are fully kidding out a car to have like maximum flexibility which you'll you'll want to uh cuz of the homologation rules um mm-hmm. you're going to spend like 
a hundred. Yeah, I threw it in there. I knew what you were going to do. I need, yeah. I need those smarks. We didn't, we didn't, gifts, we didn't do, we didn't do the bit. You know, yeah, we didn't I mean, do the whole like. Yeah. I didn't say I also do homo and gay shit this time. Yeah. Uh, but it's now good, you did. Yeah. yeah. Did you good. say it last time? Yeah, I did. Oh, I did. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> but like you, you can have that where where it's like you are uh, spending a hundred, two hundred thousand credits, uh, like creating a suite of possible upgrades for your car. Mm-hmm. Um, so even the even the car itself can be just a massive uh, money sink. Um, and I I think it's one of those things where I don't know. It's like. It's it's just not enough to be a really good racing game that people enjoy for right. a few years anymore. Mm-hmm. It's got to be like this weird. It it well, feels like to some to, to some degree there's a weird uh, notion of like we have to maximize engagement, mm-hmm. but often that takes on this really toxic cast of like, and the way we're going to do that is we're going to like saddle you with extrinsic rewards or like semi-extrinsic rewards they're still in the game but like live service game design yeah this is this is gotcha and live service game design and like i think the the note here is that like this is live service game design at the intersection of we're seeing the live service game design at the intersection of like an established enthusiast genre yeah and 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 that's i think possibly not the difference but like a, a note here is that like you know, gotcha games as as a like genre or as a, as a mode of like design, generally are in their own. The games are built around it, and like the genre is built around it. So like Genshin yeah. Impact is built around fundamentally this live service structure. Or um, Ark Knights, for example, is a game that is like great video game in terms of like being a good tower defense game built around a particular gotcha structure, right? Even if you have something like, you know, a first-person shooter, first-person shooters are mass market enough that they are not designed to hit an enthusiast audience, right? Like, Apex Legends can have, you know, fucking gotcha shit in it with, like, its skins yeah. because it's Apex Legends, right? It is it is designed to yeah. be mass market. Same thing with Fortnite, right? Fortnite gets to do this because everyone's supposed to want to play Fortnite because Fortnite is, quote-unquote, for everyone versus this live service intersecting with like a particular like enthusiast game space which seems like where Gran Turismo is yeah I think but I think also like it's still it used to be mainstream enough that people are like this is still an audience that would consider itself like fairly mass market mm-hmm. um, and I think this, this is the other thing cuts against it if I want cool shit in Apex, that's the game in town like there's no I'm gonna go to Apex across the street there is it's Apex mm-hmm. these are the right. characters yeah. Grand Turismo 7, now, as much as I say, like, the, the, the handling model is great, the physics, etc., it's not like we can't name a bunch of different games with, like, sure. similar selections of cars, mm-hmm. identical selections of cars, and it's not like we can't name games where some of these, like, really high-end cars don't exist or, or haven't existed for a number of years, because remember, like, only so many, like, really awesome cars come out in a year. It's not like, uh, you know... A sports game where the current roster is what's relevant. It's like Gran Turismo is here's an awesome car from 1992, right? I mean, when how long how long was the development cycle for this one, right? Like well, how many? People have also noted like 
weirdly, there's not very much you find after the year 2017. So hmm. it appears they might have like cut off the whole, like onboarding of new cars. But but more to the point, like you can find a lot of these cars well represented in other racing games that have come out over the years. So I think mm-hmm. this, that's the other part is like this car is not this this fake car is not $185. It wasn't $185 in any of the other racing games right. I've, I've seen it show up. Um, and the fact that like this is happening now is is rubbing people really the wrong way. Um, which is why, you know, we need Bungie to get in there. I'm sure if, once oh Bungie God. shows up to like uh, illuminate the mysteries of live service game design, uh, all these problems, these these teething pains that Sony's experiencing will will uh, be solved. Bun- real, real money store, but it's only for anime liveries. Stupid fucking. I mean, that, 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 would, that would do it. That would do it. It would do it. It would do really good. I mean, that's the that's the Destiny model, right? It's like it's DLC, right? New content. But apart from that, the stuff that you're buying in the store is all cosmetic stuff for your ghost and cosmetic, like stuff for your guardian. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has credits built into gameplay in a way that I don't enjoy, because like, even though you can get it in game, there's always that like, but I can also just buy it. Does, yeah. <laughs> does the humble and gay shit also apply to the game's multi? <laughs> I mean it genuinely. I mean, does the home allegation genuinely apply to the game's multiplayer? Like, are these same Don't systems? make me tap the sign. I don't know what sign I would be tapping yet. We need a sign that I can tap. But actually, but it's a good question. I see what you're asking. It's actually yeah. a really good one. Uh, so let me tell you about a little race I had last week. Please tell me about this little race you had last so week. So there was a, here were the rules. You couldn't have a car uh, that was, the car had to be Japanese. Mm-hmm. The car had to be a uh, under a certain weight, so it mm-hmm. couldn't be like some like monster or anything like that. Can't be a bruiser. Yeah, I think that might have been it. So you're saying that someone had a much better car than everyone else? Yes. Like I go into this, <laughs> I go into this race, and like you would expect, everyone is there dusting off their Japanese like hot hatches mm-hmm. that you get at the start of the game. Right. Mm. I'm there too, in like some sort of like it might have been a Honda Fit or something. Everyone's done this, and to like, and everyone's tuned it as much as they can within that weight requirement because a lot of times like, um, stripping. Or maybe the car had to be over a certain weight, um, but under a certain performance. That that might have been the other cap they set it set, set up. Either way, every like the the conditions of the race were everyone is racing small Japanese subcompacts mm-hmm. uh, that have like a sporty vibe. And there was a car that I had never seen before. Yeah, didn't look like any of the other cars. Mm. Didn't look like a car. What? Sorry, it didn't look like a car. You Rob? know how sometimes you'll see. Like concept art from a car, like a like a car concept that mm-hmm. like never goes into manufacture. Yeah, the wheel like, is like a fucking orb or some yeah. shit. Yeah, this looked like one of those. <laughs> what? And I was like, what the "Fuck is that?" And would it surprise you at all to know that it fucking shredded us? Like every <laughs> this single. This shit was out here with Omni wheels. They did not even bother turning. That shit just went th- laterally. <laughs> person was like, wh- the person was like racking up, uh, like. 
seven, eight seconds a lap faster than everyone else mm-hmm. in a in a car class. Like it was just not supposed. It was supposed to be competitive. Like right. clearly, like this was a gap in the rules that like somebody somebody had found like some invitation car that they had that like technically fit these requirements mm. that just obliterated the rest of us. Hey Rob. Yeah. Do multiplayer races pay out more? You would think, but no. Okay, I was about to say because that would be no, <laughs> no, that I, would be particularly <laughs> heinous. Yeah. No, so the best payouts are the races that they put in the game as part of the single player. If you create a custom event for yourself, mm-hmm. your payouts will just not seem commensurate with like this the other events that, like they've built. Mm-hmm. Sure. So like no, they set like these particular events that like pay out. The multiplayer races don't pay out poorly. There's like if that's a good way to grind if you want to grind. Um, but yeah, they're not particularly lucrative. So again, mm-hmm. even there, um, you are the the multiplayer is just more a uh, a way to feel good about beating up on other players. Right. Yeah. It's like bullying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. but I felt bullied. <laughs> um, although I did have the sweetest. Somebody tried. Somebody tried to just shut the door on me. Like somebody was really like getting elbows out and tried to run into me rather than let me pass them. Rude. And uh, like I was just seething. I was absolutely seething. Um, Did my Drivatar make it make it into Grand Turismo 7 somehow? It's, so the, th- the calculation they had made was when people do things that are considered penalties, mm-hmm. uh, there's like a penalty zone on the track where like suddenly your engine just like loses power. And you will like drive for like five seconds with like your revs capped at like five thousand or something. You can't mm-hmm. go very fast. And then the penalty zone ends and you pick up speed again. Uh, that's how they impose those rules. This hmm. person made the calculation because I passed them cleanly. I pa- like I was going to pass them cleanly. I had like raced perfectly. I was right on their bumper, real evenly matched. Mm-hmm. At that point, it's all skill. It's all like it's all who is like had the cleanest lap right. and who was coming down the straight with momentum. It was me. And I look to the outside. He swerves over to block me. I'm like, cool. I knew you'd do that. So I was already moving back inside. F1 rules, you're only allowed one defensive move. This motherfucker just starts steering into me to try to, like, wedge me against a wall. And it could have worked. Like, if if it had happened, if he had blocked me, Mm -hmm. even penalized I would have lost so much time in the collision that, like, he wouldn't have actually, like, suffered any consequences. Right. But instead, I made him eat shit. And I felt really good. <laughs> yeah, he dropped down to 5,000 RPM, and you just were able to, zoop, right around him. Yeah, and also, hit. still, like, yeah. him pulling that shit still slowed him down, right? Yeah, right? He, like, suddenly drove, like, way less optimally, so he made it even more of a sure thing that, like, once his little, like, rinky-dink shit failed, <laughs> like, wow. he was fucking gone. Um, and it was, like... By the way, this is like one of three multiplayer races I've done in the last two weeks, yeah. and I'm like, I'm just like, I'm I'm not spending too much time on that, and it's a good thing because I nearly opened up the like little message sender, oh and like I almost like I almost said something. Toxic wow. Rob's acne. No, Rob he's had toxic. A gamer he's moment. toxic. No, it's Rob. If you're messaging someone, it's toxic. It takes a lot. There was there was. The only time I've heard someone reasonably messaging uh, the other team in a video game recently was when uh, a friend of ours who plays Valorant uh, said in all chat uh, to the enemy team's chamber, the character chamber has an ultimate that if it's a if it's a if they land a shot, uh, you die instantly. It's basically just like a better version of the best gun in the game, right? Yeah. Uh, the person missed four shots in a row. Oh my god! And so <laughs> and so. 
And this is a character built around this weapon. Uh, one, uh, our friend, uh, friend of the show, Joe, um, said in all chat, apparently, um, uh, to use Chambers Ultimate, you click on the enemies and they die. Oh my God, <laughs> that is beautiful. Toxic, which is amazing. So, which like, is it toxic? Yes. Is it yeah. also extremely funny? Very funny. Also, yes, because Joe is, an, is a very chill guy, and so him saying that is is so fucking yeah. funny. Yeah. Shout out to Joe. Um, so I meant to read some emails today, but yeah. I have somewhere to be. Oh, right. And then well, we all have somewhere to, to, to be. I do not have a tailor to, I have a tailor to go to. Yeah. But, <laughs> Sorry, uh, should I, did I just out you as going to a tailor? No. That's no. still in the front of the podcast. Rob, please forgive me for outing you uh, as going to a tailor. As, I, as having I, a tailor. I already outed something worse earlier. So, <laughs> like, if people, yeah. Uh, anyway. That's a wrap on today's episode of Waypoint Radio. If you want more from Waypoint, you can follow us on Twitter at Waypoint, Facebook and YouTube, Waypoint Vice. You can follow me at Rob Zachney. Ren. You can follow me on Twitter at Ren or Raven. Kato, you ready for this one? Yeah, we're in the same room. Why wouldn't I be ready? I could... You don't sound like you're ready. I'm ready. Where's, where can people follow you, Kato? At a underscore Kato underscore P. Now, once again, we're streaming this Saturday for Trans Lifeline. <laughs> you can check us out pretty much anytime on Saturday him. on twitch.tv slash Waypoint. We might also have some uh, interesting Waypoint Plus promotions for you, and I think we might be doing some truly offensively basic merch. Oh, um, I've seen I've seen some mock-ups. <laughs> and... We'll have real merch eventually, we promise. Like real, real, like real, real, like real, real merch. Yeah. That is not. What do you think I'm seeing like Taylor about? Stupid. (sighs) I gotta go to bed. I hope there's waypoint (sighs) pants. I want my waypoint pants, please. Uh, So if you are a waypoint plus subscriber, we also just did a waypoint 101 on We Know the Devil and Heaven Will Be Mine. Uh, We had a great discussion about that, so be sure and check that out. And hey, listen. Hmm. Maybe we could have given it a stronger endorsement earlier in the show, but Manhunting is also available yeah. on uh, Waypoint Plus. <laughs> uh, we recently covered one of my all-time favorite movies uh, there, Last of the Mohicans. So if you love 18th century warfare and West Duty as much as I do, uh, give it a listen. Uh, and you can get access to all that via waypointplus.com. Our theme music is by Bowen. The track is Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Learn more at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. Uh, for now, that is it for this week. We will talk to you again on, well, we're not talking to you again on Monday because we're taking that day off. We're going to be yeah. very sleepy after after the stream. Uh, so we'll talk to you next week. Until then, fuck capitalism. Go home. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.